dear friends in Christ. In our gospel that Jackie read for us this morning, we find Jesus in the temple in Jerusalem. He had just had a somewhat of a a heated discussion with the scribes and the Pharisees and had gone to the outer court of the temple to just to have some peace and quiet. And as he sat there with his disciples around him, he could see the people as they came to give their offerings for the temple treasury, placing them in the, in the large metal containers there lined up along the wall. And he watched the rich as they left their large contributions and, and then came an older lady, a widow, scripture says, who dropped two silver coins, and you could hear them clink in the metal containers. These two silver coins were worth not much more than a penny in our modern-day coinage. And she dropped those into the, the treasury there, and Jesus after watching her, turn to his disciples and, and startles them, as he often did, saying that this woman had given more than anyone else, for she had given all that she had to live on. Now, she certainly could have used those two silver coins more than the priests in the temple could use them, but she put all that she had into the container and so Jesus sets her up as an example to her to his disciples and to the rest of us even today. What Jesus saw in this woman was something the others couldn't see. For Jesus was God and he knew what was going on inside of her. And and so he was the one that saw her attitude, her heart, her trust and her willingness to totally abandon everything to the will of God. Now, as the widow came to the temple, she faced a number of decisions that day. And I believe these are decisions that confront us as well 2,000 years later. First of all, the widow coming to the temple that day could have decided not to give anything to the temple treasury. She could have said, God would understand if I don't give anything today. And we could understand that too in her state of poverty. Many today, I think, uh, say something similar. I'm barely making it from month to month and I can't afford to give to the Lord. But someday, someday I'll be able to share and give more. Well, yes, yes, giving our possessions is sacrificial, and it costs us something. We find it very easy, I'm afraid, many of us to cling tightly to the things that we have as if they were ours and forget that they're all just gifts for a while from the Lord. But think about that. That was the first option. She had secondly... The widow coming that day to the temple could have given one silver coin to the treasury 
and kept the other one. Well, we too are tempted to trust and obey the Lord when it is easy and when it is convenient and when it doesn't cost too much. Some strategize that they can give a small amount of themselves and a a small amount of money to the the church. And that'll keep us within our, our budget, we think. So they, they do just that. They give a little bit and, and hope that's enough and keep the rest. There was a man who came to a point in his life where he was feeling very discouraged and he felt like he wasn't making any difference. And as he thought about this, he had a vision of Christ coming to him and standing right beside him. And he asked this man for the keys to his life. The experience was so real to this man that he right away dug into his pocket and, and, and took out a bun- bunch of keys that he had there. And, and then he heard Christ say these words, Are those all the keys that you have? Yes, Lord, all, all my keys to my life, except, of course, well, there's one room in my life that I have a key for that I've never let anybody into. And then Christ said to him as he looked him in the eyes, if you cannot trust me in all the rooms of your life, I cannot accept any of the keys. The man cried out, Lord, you have looked into my heart. You know that I am discouraged with life because I've never completely given everything to you. Here, here, take all my keys to every room of my life. You know, it is hard, isn't it, to take that final step of surrender to the Lord to give him our life and all of our possessions. We, like the widow, are faced with that decision too. She decided to give it all to him that day. It wasn't, you see, really the two coins that we're talking about today. And, And Jesus really wasn't talking about those two silver coins either. Jesus could see into her heart. Her whole life now was a gift to the Lord. Now, God isn't telling us today that we have to sell everything that we have and give it away. No, he's showing us by the example of this widow that God's favorite words from us are these. Lord, here's my life. I want to use every dimension of my life for your honor and glory. I want to be your servant. You see, when we offer ourselves to him, he makes us more of what we were created to be in the first place. Sometimes we wonder if if we really have anything to offer the Lord. But you see, God's delight is not in what we can or cannot do or how little or how much we give. No, it's our attitude, 
our trust level, and our dependence on the Lord that he is concerned about today. I heard a story recently about a young doctor who decided to go to work in India. His friends discouraged him from going. They said, you will be just helpless against the suffering of that huge nation. You'll just be swallowed up by this mass of humanity. And what can you do about all their epidemics and wars and famines and floods and everything else? But the young doctor gave this answer. He said, when it is dark all around me, I will not curse the darkness. I will just light my candle. You know, the light of a little candle can go a long way. And maybe the the Lord is calling us today to light our little lights, our little candles, and see where that light penetrates, even if we don't think we're doing that much. It is said that Florence Nightingale, when she was 30 years old, rededicated her life and will to the Lord. And years later, towards the end of her life, her heroic life, someone asked her, what was the secret to her life? And she said, you know, God's best gift to mankind was the gift of himself, his only son. And likewise, I realized that my best gift to him was me. That's profound. God's best gift to him was me. His love, you see, for you and for me is so great. And so in response to that tremendous love, may we be able to say today, Lord, as a sign of my commitment and trust in you, I want to give back to you in any way I can the use of my talents and my time and my financial resources for the work of your church. And I put them all at your disposal, Lord, everything that I have, for you've given them all to me in the first place. I remember back in 1988 when we were considering, as a church, hiring a youth director for the first time. And some said our church budget just could not handle that. But I know the leadership at that time prayed about it and trusted God that we could pay that salary, and we have been able to every year since that time. I remember in the 90s when someone at a council meeting suggested that we raise our mission and missionary support levels 25%. And it didn't seem possible that with our income at that point how we could do that. But the the council seemed to be at peace about it and brought it to the, the congregation and a new budget was passed. And because of that action back in the 90s, we've been able to to support as a as a church three extra missionary families. Because of that increase, it was a matter of trust, you see, and following the will of God.
During the years I've been here, I've had several families be very honest with me and tell me that they knew God wanted them to increase their giving to the church, but things were so tight. But they decided to trust God, that he would supply, and they were able to increase their giving, and they were able to handle it budget-wise. And it was such a joy for them to tell me that, that God worked things out. Even with that increased giving, they could pay all their bills like before. They told me that they've continued to increase their offerings year by year. We hear, hear many scripture passages telling us of God's promise, just that, that if we trust him, he will supply. We heard those words from 1 Corinthians uh, that Roger uh, shared a little while ago where Paul says, And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that you may always have enough of everything and may provide in abundance for every good work. What a powerful promise that is. But he's not telling us there that if we increase our giving to the Lord, that means that we're going to be wealthy. No, but we will be blessed in a variety of ways. Maybe God will choose to bless you this next year by making sure that your washer or dryer or your car or whatever it is isn't in need of repair. Have you ever thought that is one of the ways God works to bless us when we don't have all those extra things that come along that eat at our budget? He could do a lot of things, both money-wise and health-wise or whatever he chooses to do to bless us. That's up to him, but he promises that he will. We're simply called to trust him. So the bottom line today is not how much we give. The rich people in our story today gave great amounts, but Jesus still was not pleased. The important thing, you see, is our attitude. Do we trust God to provide for us as we step out in faith and increase our giving back to him? And that trust, that trust that he will handle all that will be there if we have got to know our Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and Master. Then we will have that assurance to know that he'll take care of us. Just like when we were little children, we never doubted that our mother and father would take care of us. Do you really believe God will continue to take care of you if you step out in faith and give more than you ever thought you could give? He promises to be there for you. I remember my Grandpa Anninson, who was a farmer in South Dakota uh, during most of the years of his adult life in the early decades of the 1900s. The people in that area knew each other so well because people pretty much lived all their life uh, within a few miles of where they were born. And my grandpa told me a couple times during those years that he had bought land, farmland. And after the price had been decided upon, they just shook hands 
And that was it. And he said, that's what you do when you trust each other. So today, this sermon really isn't about money. For our giving to the work of the Lord will be pleasing to him if we just cultivate a relationship of trust with the one who has given us everything in the first place. If we trust him with our life and with our possessions, then our priorities and our giving will just take care of itself. I've seen that happen over and over again. As people mature in the Lord, other areas of their life change. Trusting and obeying our Lord gives us the opportunity then to feel secure and safe knowing that God has everything covered for us. The Bible says that, and I believe it, and that settles it for me. And I hope it settles it for you, too. Amen.